Hello, my name is Sir Knight, and I'll be having a conversation with Jaheed Himes for the New York City Trans Oral History Project in collaboration with the New York Public Library's Community Oral History Project. This is an oral history project centered on the experiences of trans-identifying people. Today, it is January 30th, 2020, and this is being recorded at the Brooklyn Pride Community Center. Jaheed, we're so happy to have you here today, and teamed up here with Black Trans TV for this project. Um, we would love to have you just start off with saying a little bit about who you are, your pronouns, where you're from, and things of that nature. Sure, sure. So my name is Jaheed Andre Hines, and I am 24 years old, and I go by the pronouns he, him, his. Um, I am a trans masculine male, and I was born in um, Brooklyn, New York. I was born here. <laughs> How was it growing up in Brooklyn? Growing up in Brooklyn is different. You know, you go outside and it's the summertime and you hear the ice cream truck and you go back upstairs, ask your mother for a dollar, like, Ma, I want an ice cream cone, I want an ice cream cone. And it's like, it's, the vibe is so different in Brooklyn, New York, I could say. Um, everybody was just that type of child and it was like a big family, you could say. Everybody looked out for each other. Um, when I think of Brooklyn and I think about my life, when I was a child, I always go to the summertime because I feel like that was the best time to, you know, be in New York. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about your family? Sure, sure, yeah. sure. So I grew up in a Pentecostal church. Um, my family went religiously every Sunday. And I can remember um, my mom dressing me up in, in dresses with the, with the puffy shoulders and the little uh, socks with the fancy frills on it. And I'm just like, no, this is not flying. Something does not feel right. And I would look at my uncles, and they had on, like, the ties and the shirts with the, with the pants and the, the jacket to match. And my grandmother would always throw on the, on the fly fedora with it. And I was like, I want to wear that. I don't want to wear what I have on right now. And, you know, I was, I was young. I was about five, six, and I didn't know where to start I didn't know how to express these feelings to anybody in my family because it was different you know it was I never when I was that age I didn't run into anybody that was like me so I didn't really know where to uh target those feelings so when would you say was your first moment of recognizing someone that resonated with you Right, because you said that you're a young child, and you're like, I don't want to wear this. Right, and you see what you would like to wear. Right, when was the first time you saw somebody who perhaps presented in the manner that you did wearing something? Because it right. seems like it started with clothes with you. Right, yeah. right. Um, wow, that's a, that's actually a good question. Um, wow, I could say maybe high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but this person didn't. Um, identify as a trans man. There was a woman dressed in masculine clothing. And at that time, you know, I was still dressing uh, feminine and things like that. But once I saw that person living their truth and dressing how they wanted to dress and presenting how they wanted to present, that's when, you know, a buzzer kind of went off in my head, like, ding, 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 this might be what it is with me. But um, I want to say in high school, I came out as well. I came out as a lesbian, though. And um, that word just felt, it didn't feel right. It was like, uh, lesbian. So I was like, what is it? Like, I know I like women, and I know I like to dress in men's clothes. And I just couldn't correlate the two. Um, so I did my research. I went on Google, 
or YouTube, both. And I ha- basically had typed in what I was feeling. I was like, why don't I feel like a woman? And then I just see a whole bunch of videos, trans, 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 trans. I'm like, whoa. I've heard of transgender women, but I've never heard of transgender men. I never knew that they existed. So I started watching a few videos from different guys that was recording themselves on YouTube. Like they would be either doing a timeline of uh, when they were pre-tea compared to like now, which was probably like a year or two. And I'm like, wow, it all makes sense now. This is me. Like this is who I am. But how am I going to explain this to my family? How am I going to explain this to my friends? So um, I was still, you know, hiding the feeling that I had um, came across. But I had found um, an ace bandage. And I had bounded my breast down with the ace bandage. And don't do that. Do not do that. That's very dangerous. But I did it because, you know, I didn't know anything about binders. I didn't know anything about uh how to hide your breasts, anything. So that was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, I bounded my breasts down with the ace bandage, and I went to school. And automatically, people picked up on it because, you know, um, I'm comfortable enough with myself to explain this. I had um, very large breasts. So um, people automatically picked up on it, and they kind of gave me that, that confused look. So they didn't really ask me about it because my high school was very... Um, they had like the gay straight alliance thing going on, so nobody really made me feel uncomfortable about expressing myself in the way that I did. And from there, I started dressing in men's clothes. Um, I bought my first pair of boxes from Eminem World because <laughs> I went to school right on um, near Forty Second Street. So you know they got the big Eminem World thing, and I bought my first pair of Eminem boxers and I put them on, and I was like, "Wow, this feels great." And you would think it's silly because it's just a pair of boxers, but it's like I'm, I was slowly starting to live my truth. And I remember my mom had found the boxes <laughs> balled, up in, um, balled up in my um, drawer. And she was like, Ja, what is this? What, why you got boxes for? I was like, Ma, you know, they, they comfortable. <laughs> like, I just want to sleep in boxes. But knowing me, I was putting the boxes on every day. I was hand washing them and drying them and putting them on when I went to school. I would change clothes. Like, my mom would see me one way. And she left out uh, to work before me, and I would change my clothes. I would sag my pants, and I went to school from there dressing how I wanted to dress. But I was still identifying as a woman who likes women. Um, so prom time came around, and, you know, me, I was, I was dressing in the masculine clothes still, but my mom insisted on me, you know, wearing a dress and getting my hair done pretty and nails and getting my toes done, and I was like, to be honest, I was just in it to be pampered, but I was like, I don't want to go outside like this because the people in my school were seeing me one way, and then I'm just popping up another way. I was like, you know what, I'm going to just do it for my mom. I'm going to just do it for her because she wants, like when I would put on the, the girl clothes, my mom's face would light up, and, you know, I would do anything to make my mom feel happy. So I did it, and I pulled up in this big old SUV by myself because I didn't have no friends at the time. <laughs> and I just came out in the dress and stuff, and people, like, they eyes just got big, and they was like, that's you? And I was like, yeah, that's me. And um, after I graduated high school and I went through all of that, um, I realized that I couldn't, I couldn't no longer hide who I really was. Um, so at the time, I had permed hair. 
And I told my mom, I was like, Mom, I want to cut my hair. You know, this perm is, is, is crack to my scalp, you know. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to grow some of it out and I'm going to cut the rest off. Um, I didn't tell her, you know. I still was like, Mom, trans. I couldn't come to the words to say that to her. I just was like, I want to cut my hair. Period. <laughs> so my mom was like, you want to cut your hair? Why? It's so long and healthy and beautiful. I was like, no, it's not. You know what this perm is doing to my hair? So I was blaming everything on the perm when it really was that wasn't the case, you know. Perm is bad, but I just wanted to grow my hair out and cut it because I like the, the masculine feel, and I felt like, you know, it's a style that I could pull off. So around 2016, I, um, I was at a good length. My hair was grown out a good length, and I made the appointment, and I cut all my permed hair off. And I remember it was around my birthday time, which is October, and I remember going outside, and my hair was so cold. I was like, oh, no, 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 I want my hair back. I want my hair back because my hair was cold. But I was like, but I look good, though. <laughs> and then um, I went home to my mom, and she liked the cut on me. So I felt at that point, you know, it was time to come out to her. So I said, Ma, I don't feel comfortable in my body. So she was automatically thinking, you know, it could be, you know, a phase. She thought it was a phase. And I tried my best to explain it to her what I was feeling, but she kind of just... She wasn't really understanding where I was coming from. And me and my mom were very close. Like, my mom's my best friend. So she was like, Ja, you know, how do you know you don't like this? You never had this before. I'm like, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it either. So um, when I came out to her the first time as trans, because I came out to my mom like three times as a trans man before she actually, you know, got it. Uh, the first time I came out to her, she kind of thought it was a phase. And I was still, you know, dressing in masculine clothes and things of that nature. And I was starting to think of names for myself. And I remember drawing beards on my face with the Sharpie marker and things like that. And um, I, I still had to hide. I still had to hide because even though I said the words to her, I felt like I was disappointing her because she was losing the daughter that she had. And she probably, and like she, you know, like when you have a child and you kind of like think of how that child is going to be like, oh, they're going to get married and have kids and this and that. I wanted to live up to that, that dream for my mom. But at that same sense, I was, you know, kind of digging myself into a hole because I wasn't living my truth. So I came up to my mom again. And that time really, you know, it didn't, it didn't go as well as the first time. And from there, you know, I kind of went into a depression, you know, because I wanted to live my truth and I wanted people to know my truth. But how can I tell people my truth if I had that first bad reaction? So fast forward, um, I go to my first Pride uh, parade and I see... What year is this? Uh, this was, I want to say 2016, 2017. And I go right, I get on the train, I'm with my friend, one of my best friends, and um, I see, the first thing I see is this big pride flag, and I see people just parading down the streets, and they yelling, and they having fun, and couples is kissing, and I just was like, I feel home. I felt at home. I felt at, like, I felt like I could fly. <laughs> like, that's the, that's the best way I can describe it. I feel like I could fly. And I just was at awe. Like, you know, like when you were a kid in a candy store, you're just looking around like, what candy I want? That's how I was. Like, my eyes was like this big. 
like I just was looking around at everybody and seeing them living their truth. So I feel like, why can't I live mine? Um, so after I went, I came home from Pride, I explained to my mom, you know, I had fun and, you know, this is my community, this is my family. And I was going hard for them at that point, not because, you know, I was in the community. I was, I always felt like, you know, people that's in the LGBTQ plus needed their rights and they deserved everything that, you know, they're, they're fighting for. Not saying that I didn't, you know, have that um, feeling for them before. I, ha- I always had that feeling, but now that I'm in the community and, you know, I'm seeing all of why we're fighting for what we're fighting for, it was more important to me now. Now I was thinking on a more mature uh, mind. So fast forward, 2018, I came out to my mom again last time. No, 2019. I came out to my mom as trans for the third and last time. <laughs> And I remember bawling, crying, like I was crying. I was like, Ma, I don't know why I'm feeling this, but I can't fight this feeling anymore. And she was like, Ja, you know what? You're my child, and I'm going to love you regardless. So at that point, she got it. She got it. And I always ask my mom, what light switch went on in your head to go from, you know, the negative reaction that you gave me the last time to accepting me, you know, buying clothes for me that, you know, I, that I identify with and calling me him and he and what changed and she was like when I act when I prayed to God for you I didn't ask him to have you a certain way I just wanted you and that that right there just had me like all right all right <laughs> she she got it now so from there it just went off um I told her that I wanted to start medically uh transition transitioning um, using hormones and things like that, and we talked about surgeries and things like that, uh, names and pronouns. She's still working on the pronouns, but um, I'm giving her time. I'm giving her time. Uh, as for my name, she loves my name, and when I picked my name, it's crazy because, again, I went to YouTube and I typed in, you know, names, uh, choosing names or changing your names when you're trans and things like that, and... Um, I don't know if you know him, his name's Chase Ross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I came across his video, and he had, like, a whole list of things uh, trans-related. So I binge-watched all his videos, all of them. And um, I had about three names that I wanted to choose, and I landed on the name Jahid. And basically what that means is the one who strives. And I feel like that from my birth, I've been striving. So that name just that's, it just went perfect with you know my being and who I am, and from there I went to the courts and I changed my name and I did my um, gender marker and my ID and all of those like this happened so quick. It's like the time flew. It flew. I'm like, where did the time go? It's like I'm ten months on T now, and I would have never thought you know that I would be where I am today. So are you happy? I'm very happy. So despite everything happy. you went through and having to come out to your mom multiple times, right. you're happy with where you are and you're growing in the right direction with your mom still by your side. Exactly. So as a black person going through this experience, right. do you feel like there was a bit of fear to reveal your truth to your mother earlier? Do you feel like you held back and lived two separate lives for her sake? and yours in a sense so that you could keep that you said your mom was your best friend right. so you could keep that relationship you didn't want to sever it by saying hey like this is what I'm thinking about earlier or you just waited till you felt comfortable enough to do it 
because I feel like as black people, like for me, I already knew my parents weren't gonna be comfortable with right. me announcing that I actually identified as a man, right? Right. And then growing up religious as well, that's another aspect because right. the black community, a major, major part <laughs> is religion. Yes, So yes. I, I do believe that there is a great fear to reveal your truth. Right. Um, so did you feel that fear to say this is who I am earlier or were you just unsure with how you identified to do it earlier? I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, I could say that the fear part came from, you know, what they teach you in the Bible, um, so that, that part is what held me back from coming out earlier. And, you know, um, as you said, like when you're in the black community, you know, they, they teach you like what's right and what's wrong. You got to go, you got to do what they say you got to do. You know, if you go outside, if you call it outside of those lines, you're wrong. So that's where the fear part came, uh, for me when it came to, uh, coming out as a black masculine man. Yeah. Um, sure. I grew up around nothing but women mm-hmm. as well. So that played a part in my life as well, um, I could say. Yeah, and, and what would you say is the beauty in finding community? You said in 2016 you went to Pride. Right. And you saw how everyone was just joyous running through the streets. So what would you say are some key factors when it comes to community? Like what is community, when I say the word community, like how do you feel? Like what are some words that pop out when I say community? You think together family all of that like i have your back mm-hmm. you know no matter what you identify as um in the community i'm going to help you and moving forward do you feel like community um in terms of the lgbtq plus community is going to be a major part in you navigating as a man moving forward oh definitely 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 i can say that um it's always going to be a part of me i'm always going to be a trans masculine man i'm always going to be black so both of those communities mm-hmm. is going to stick with me until until the day I'm off this earth. And have there been any resources? I know you said Chase Ross that you uh, looked into. Are there any other resources that have been helpful to your journey of navigating as yourself? Callan Lord. Oh, yes. Yeah, Callan Lord is where I went, uh, is where I go to get my hormones and all of my, you know, health needs. They helped me a whole lot. They helped me change my name. They helped me uh, with my gender marker. They're helping me uh, with resources for top surgery. So Callan Lord has played a big part in my transition. Sounds good. And is there any like advice that you would like to give to someone who perhaps is living with their mom and does have a close relationship with their mother and they know religion plays a big part and they might they might be scared to to reveal their truth. Is there any advice that you would give to a younger Jahid um, <laughs> out there who is trying to navigate through this process? Right. What would you like to tell them? What I would say is, um, I know that it's uncomfortable, and I know that you don't want to wait, but um, if you feel like you can't come out for a reason, such as you might get kicked out or anything, uh, for your safety, try and, you know, hold it down as best as you can, and, you know, uh, the time is going to come when you're going to be able to live in your truth. It's going to come. I know that it feels like forever, and your mind is spinning into a turmoil, but you're going to get to where you want to be. Don't worry about it. Um, but if you have a mom like how I have, you know, understanding mom, then I feel like, you know, you, you know your mom or your family member better than I do. So if you feel like the time is right for you to come out at that, at that moment, then go ahead and do it, you know? Yeah, I think that's great. Good advice. Um, I want to know what kind of relationships you have with other trans, non-binary, gender non-conforming folks. Um, how have you grown your own community here in New York? Right, right. Yeah. Okay, so when I first came out, um, I didn't know anybody 
who was uh, trans, except for one uh, friend that I had who was also transitioning, uh, trans male. And he was actually the one who told me about um, Callan Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not friends anymore, but I feel like he played a, a vital role in me transitioning because he knew, you know, you know, like when you know your friend yeah. and they hide and it's like, you better go ahead and do it. You better go. That's how he was to me. So uh, he really showed me the ropes of everything when it came to uh, transitioning. Um, as of now, I know a few trans men and they helped me with, you know, questions that I may have in regards to certain things. So I feel like uh, when you're a trans man, that's like a community of its own. So it's like a community inside of a community inside of a community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, um, a, um, black yeah. trans men, yeah. I feel like it's um, a community inside of a community because they understand, you know, the struggles that we face or may face or, you know, in the future, what we may face. And speaking about the future, um, do you feel like there is hope for things to shift in a proper direction for us to have the resources that we deserve? Um, do you see us moving in the right direction in terms of resources and uh, visibility and representation? And if you would like to know anything that you feel is doing the work, such as like Pose or the politician, they have people on there. Are there any things in mainstream media that you feel are propelling the community into the limelight in the, in the right direction? Right, right. Uh, let me see. When you say that, I feel like we are moving in the right direction mm-hmm. because we're getting more um, more light is being shined on the, the trans community mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, there are people that's in the courts, Supreme Court fighting for our rights. Mm-hmm. Um, the more that we put it out there, the more that we get the support that we deserve, and especially from uh, cisgender people. I feel like they play a vital role as well. Um, because we can share it as much as we want, but it's only reaching a certain crowd. When you're a cisgender person and you share like something that's uh, translated or LGBTQ plus related, you're getting us to a different audience. True. And I'm, I'm really blessed to, to be alive during this time, you know, and to have right. community and have conversations just like this with each other. Right. Um, I guess one thing I really want to know is like, what is the most important aspect of your identity that you would say um would it be the fact that you are trans masculine would it be you know what i mean would it, right. what would you say is your most important aspect and if it is being trans masculine why yeah. right um being a black trans masculine male mm-hmm. is the most important um uh, is most important to me because uh wow <laughs> because um you know being being black, we have a lot to uh, worry about. Uh, somebody can just see you walking down the street and decide that, you know, they want to do something. And then when you're presented as a, a trans-masculine male, you know, they, they may not automatically know, but if someone is not quote-unquote passing uh, and they see you in a certain light, then that can also, you know, have an effect. So I feel like, like you said, um, I feel blessed to be alive today. And every morning that I wake up, I feel blessed to be alive um, in a time like this. So you speak about the intersectionality of being black, of being transmasculine. I also wanted to hear your take on the intersectionality of gender, identity, versus sexuality. Because I think oftentimes in community, we're placed in this bubble where people assume, like when people, oh, you're in the community, they assume, oh, you're a gay man, right? Right. Because now you're aligned with how you feel. So... What would you, if you're comfortable enough, would you say that exploring your gender identity has allowed you freedom to 
possibly explore your sexuality or are you certain on who you are in a sense of like this is who I am and taking a stand and saying I am this person I don't have to be what you assume me to be because I think for so long right. that's what we've been doing right navigating right. through this world as how people assumed us to be right a woman right dressing masculine right. not being a man now that you're navigating being a man right. do you feel like being in community as a man people assuming that you're gay do you feel like that's something that is you're struggling with or is something that you feel like we need work we need to do more work in terms of navigating that in totality right yeah. right uh, we definitely do need uh, more mm. more uh Representation. Representation. Thank you. No problem, no problem. <laughs> uh, when it comes to uh, gender and sexuality, that's two different things. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, you know, they tend to combine the two. Mm-hmm. Me, I am a straight trans masculine man. Um, they do tell you when you start to see that, you know, mm-hmm. you might uh, start being attracted to, you know, the opposite uh, gender that you wasn't before. Uh, they do tell you about that, but for the most part, I um, am a straight trans masculine man. For um, the most part, for for the hundred percent. For the <laughs> for the hundred. Yeah, yeah, this is on record. I just want to make <laughs> make sure that you're properly represented. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That was also something I was nervous about mm-hmm. because you know what if you know while being on T, mm-hmm. I started you know liking men or whatever. How would I navigate that? Mm-hmm. You know, because people have uh, a certain. Uh, they look at trans men who date men a certain way. So that would be a whole nother fight in itself. But, you know, they also need light shedded on them as well. You know, they're attracted to this, and that shouldn't matter. They're still a trans trans man. Yeah. No, you're absolutely correct. Um, I know that we've been having a lot of conversations uh, with people, not publicly in terms of black trans TV, but, like, in the DMs, and people hit us up, and they're worried about their uh, traction shifting. And my thing is... You gotta love yourself. You loved yourself enough to get to this point. Right. So you gotta love yourself no matter what that self becomes and transforms into. You right. know, you, you gotta be authentic and true to yourself. So um, exactly. I'm happy that you're you're good and right. you feel good about not just your gender identity but your sexuality as well. Um, I wanna know how you have coped with Losing your friend. I know, I'm, I'm not sure how deep that friendship went right. that you spoke of that helped you get to this point. Right. Um, and I know we briefly touched on it, but I wanted to know how you're coping with losing that friend while navigating as your authentic self. Right. Are you, um, and, and also how you're creating new relationships. Right. Friend, uh, platonically and romantically and things of that nature. So, right, right. Yeah. So um, the friend that I was with... Um, that told me about Callan Lord and mm-hmm. all of that. We were friends since we were 14. Mm-hmm. And um, recently we stopped being friends. So about a 10-year uh, friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, does hurt that I lost him. And I'm not seeing his progress. And he's not seeing my progress um, as trans men. But, um, you know, I have to just take the jewels that he gave me and kind of just use them in my life uh, without him. You know, it's something that, that I wish I still had because that was like my brother. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's just one of those friendships that you know, kind of just ended uh, mutually. Gotcha. Mutually. So you don't you don't feel like you need to do anything to cope with that. You're good. You're good. With that. Yes, I'm good. With okay. That. In terms of like platonically making new relationships and things of that nature, have you found somebody to be like this is my bro and we're gonna create you know we're gonna move forward? Have you found somebody like that moving forward? 
Uh, can't say I found okay. my, my brother yet. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> can't say I found my brother yet. But, um, you know, I'm not closed-minded closed to it. Okay. I'm still open to it. Um, okay. You know, just someone who understand what I'm going through. You know, I can't go to a, a trans woman and tell her what I'm feeling as a trans man because yeah. she's not going to understand. Copy. Same thing with a, a cisgender male mm-hmm. or a cisgender woman. You know, they're not really going to get it mm-hmm. because they're not in the, the aspect of, you know, what I am in. Okay, and that's platonically. So in terms of romantic relationships, how has it been navigating as your authentic self while trying to date, if that's something that you're interested in right now? Right, right. Okay, I uh, recently got out of a relationship in mm-hmm. September. Uh, I was dating a cisgender woman, and um, it was my first relationship as a trans man. I was still, you know, pretty early in my transition, about three, four months. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, she treated me she treated me well, you know. She didn't treat me as a, a trans man. She treated me as a man, mm-hmm. and I can only appreciate her for that. Um, she didn't. She didn't make me feel uncomfortable in my body, which you know it's been a while since I've been with somebody like that. So that relationship taught me a lot. It, it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot. And moving forward in the future, you're hopeful to find love because I think oftentimes people think that navigating as a true self. They're kind of shutting themselves off from the possibility of finding love. Right. Um, you want to speak on that a little bit? Sure, and, sure. You know, shed light for those who may be listening. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so um, I used to talk down on myself a lot. You know, who would want to be with someone like me? You know, I'm short and all of that. Um, a lot of silly things shot me away from dating. Um, but now I can say, you know, I am open to finding love and someone who genu- genuinely wants to be with me for me, you know. Uh, being trans is just a part of me. It's not who I actually am. It's not all of me. It's a it's a major part of me, but it's not all that I am. Mm-hmm. And if I can just you know find somebody who can see that as well, yeah, of course I'm open to it. So there's hope for you out there. Anyone who's listening, there's hope to find love. Um, I think that's a beautiful message that you you said. Um, also, want to go back to New York City when you're growing up. Right. So growing up in New York City. You're out here, you say summertime is your favorite time. So how would right. you compare summertime as a kid to summertime now <laughs> as a grown man? Well, summertime then compared to now, um, I, I'm still running for the ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> but um, then uh, now I can say that um, now that I'm you know, living in my truth and all of that, uh, wow, let me see. Um, Living in, living in my truth as a as a trans man in the summertime is like it automatically puts me in a in a better mood. In, in the summertime, you know, when the weather is nice, you're automatically in a, in a better mood. Um, and now that I'm living in my tr- in my truth, you know, it it just extends that to another level. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was a kid, I had to you know go by my mom's rules, and now it's like I can go by my own rules. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you used to do? Mm-hmm. That maybe you didn't love to do, but or wanted to do, and now that you are who you are, you can do. That's a good question. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good question. I never thought about that. Um, something I used to, wanted to do. Yeah. So something that you either did that you enjoyed that you're like I'm still doing it. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Or something that you wanted to do you couldn't do because of your identity at the time. Right. Going to Pride would be one. Okay. You know, uh, they do televise the, the parades and things like that, and I would watch them on TV. 
and I would say I wanted to go to it, but I couldn't at that time. So going to Pride would be one. Just being outside and going to the park is another one. Um, yeah, so those those are the main two. So I would you say. say that you've not just found peace and joy, but that you found freedom? Yeah, I can say that. I can say yeah. that because now I can just say, Mom, I'm going to the Pride Parade, mm-hmm. and she won't look at me, you know, with a, with a weird face. You mm-hmm. know, she'll just be like, all right, have fun, be safe. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that thing. And how would you describe freedom if you had to give us a sentence to describe what freedom feels like or looks like or tastes like or whatever, <laughs> whatever sense it is to you? Freedom, like I said to you earlier, it's like you could fly. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you could fly. I always okay. think of a, of a, what's that bird, the eagle? They yeah. soar. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think freedom is. Okay, okay. Um, what would you say is the hardest part about living in New York City as a trans man? The hardest part about living in New York City as a trans man, wow. Uh, another good question. Yeah. <laughs> um, the hardest part would be um, when you're in the when you're in the same scenery as uh, black cis men, mm-hmm. because you never know how they're going to approach you or look at you or mm-hmm. anything like that. So that's probably the hardest part. Um, you're always thinking, you know. That's always in the back of your head, like, what if somebody knows? What if somebody knows? What if somebody knows? But when you're living in your truth, is well, I can say that I don't really care if anybody knows, mm-hmm. but you also have to be cautious because what if they do know and they decide to go about that in a, a dangerous way by harming you? Yeah. I mean, back to the intersectionality of being black and of trans experience, thinking about law enforcement and police, have you had any experiences or do you know anyone who is of experience who's had any troubles with police and law enforcement? Uh, or do you have any fear uh, of that? Right. For myself, I can't say that I've ran into any trouble with the law enforcement. Mm-hmm. I do know a lot of people who um, have ran into issues mm-hmm. with the law enforcement uh, who are black. Mm-hmm. Um, can't say that they're in the LGBTQ plus community and mm-hmm. they've ran into issues with um, law enforcement. But, um, you know, I'm always, I'm always afraid when I go out and I see, you know, police on the side because... You know, they can just decide to pull you over for any reason. Mm-hmm. They don't have to have a reason. They can just decide to mess with you. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of just keep my head down when I'm around them and, you know, don't act really suspicious. I kind of just go about my way. Uh, that's also something I wish that we can change. And that's something that we always try to talk about and discuss on Black Trans TV is that we're black first, right? Black right. is black. So when we're out in the world, they see a black man. Right. They don't see anything else. Right. So you're sitting here navigating as your truth but then at the same time not being seen for your full experience, right. scared that if they see you and recognize you as a black man and you are suspicious, whatever that means right. to them, then you're taken into custody, and where do we, where, where do we go if, right. once they realize our truth? Right. You know, So that, that is a fear that I think a lot of us have right. while navigating, especially here in New York, because yeah. I've had issues with law enforcement, and wow. it's, and it's uh, a very scary uh, time, you know? Right. But, um I'm happy that we're talking about it. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's that's the first part to it. But right. I think that's kind of the scariest part, right. living in New York especially. Right. right? Um, let's now talk about some special places that you have in New York. So beyond Pride, that event, mm-hmm. what are some spaces that you enjoy going to where you feel free, where you feel like you can fly, fly and soar? Church. church. Yeah, I started going back to church uh, back in November. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also in Brooklyn. It's called the uh, First Community Church of Brooklyn or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, for a while, I felt like I didn't 
I didn't have a place in the church, mm-hmm. living in my truth. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where to really go. So, um, you know, I had wrote a, a local, not a local, uh, a trans man, and I asked him, you know, what church do you go to? Uh, can you recommend me a church to go to? And, you know, he gave me that church, and he went the same Sunday that I went. And, you know, I liked how she gave the message because it wasn't what I was used to. It wasn't straight from the Bible. If you do this, you go into heaven. If you do this, you go into, you know, hell. That wasn't the message. It was more like a life lesson with Bible scriptures tied into it. So that's what had me drawn to that church, and I felt like I could be me, I could be my truth, and I like how the pastor, she just navigates through the church, and she goes to every member that's in there, and she shakes their hand, asks their name, and things like that. So I don't feel like I have to tell them, you know, I'm a trans man, but I feel safe in that church as well. I think that's really beautiful. It's like you did a full circle and came home, right? Right. Because I think the fear that you initially had growing up, you said Pentecostal, yeah, Pentecostal. right? as a black person that was queer and trying to navigate and figure yourself out and now you're fully well you're you're yourself you're you're, you're living in your truth right and you're happy and you're free and now right. you're back in the church and i right. think that's really beautiful to hear because i think oftentimes people think that black people of that are queer that are trans or gender non-conforming run away from religion run away right. from the church but it's like no we're grounded we're rooted right you know and that's what i think i know that's where i get my strength from right my spirituality so i think it's yes. really beautiful yeah definitely um, in terms of growing up in New York, uh, I think do you have a really amazing culture here. Did you ever get involved in the ballroom scene, or it's you, funny you asked me that? Yeah, yeah I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, we gotta talk about this. Right, all right. So uh, this was a few like two years ago. Um, my uncle's girlfriend, then girlfriend, she took me to um, a ball, and that's a whole different type of scene. You know, it's way different from what I'm used to. It's like I'm used to hearing the the lingo, you know, but being in it. It's different, you know. Um, it's loud, and you see people performing, and they showing off their talents, and you, and they're battling each other in a in a friendly way. You know, it's not something that's ever dangerous. But um, the ballroom scene, wow, yeah, I would definitely go to another ball. <laughs> so you're more so attending the balls, but not being involved in them. Right, right. Yeah. But did you hear about the ballroom scene at, when you were growing up, or was that just never something that you were interested in doing? I never heard about it. Okay. I never heard about it until recently. Okay. And then I started watching polls. Gotcha. And I was like, okay, so this is a thing, especially in New York City. It's mm-hmm. it's big in New York City. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised I never ran across yeah. it. Yeah. It must be super underground. Yeah. You just weren't navigating yeah. the right streets. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, then, then that goes back to seeing people that reflect you. Because if you're not seeing people that are in the community, then how would you know about the underground scene? Right, exactly. Because back then it was underground. Yeah. Okay. Um, are there any... I would say people that are in the trans community that you admire, that you look up to, um, that you you know you feel like you can reach out to and actually get the response and rapport that you know you desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, not going to say because you're sitting in front of yeah, me. That, but, that. <laughs> Black Trans TV. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I appreciate you. Yeah. Um, the first time I interacted with you and um, Love More mm-hmm. was um, when I had did the um, you was giving away T-shirts. Mm-hmm. With the um, what is it? The Packer. Yes, yes. He was giving. He was doing a little the combo thing. Yes. So I was like, let me just go ahead and, and write them. And it's also the message that you were giving. You know, I'm like two trans men like myself mm-hmm. giving messages about questions that I don't necessarily have the answers to. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you know, Black Trans TV was the the way to go when yeah. I needed answers for questions that I had. And do you feel like if Black Trans TV was 
back when you were looking at YouTube videos and stuff, that would have been super helpful, especially to see someone that reflects you. Yeah? Yeah, I can agree with that. Okay. I can agree with that. Yeah, because I do, I personally know that I couldn't find anybody that looked like me, which is the reason why we created what we created, right? Right. Um, so it's just really beautiful to have community to meet you, because I, I don't know any other way we would have met, right? Right, exactly. Um, so let's talk about things that make you happy. Things that make me yeah, happy. Yeah, like what do you, what does Jahi like to do? What's a, what's a typical day? In the life of Jahi, like when you wake up, like what are you doing? How do you level on yourself? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. All right, so the first thing I do when I wake up, I pray. Mm-hmm. I say prayer for the, for the day, and then I watch episode um, of um, Blacklist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's a series I'm trying to finish. Uh, I play the guitar a little bit. You know, music definitely played a, um, a big role mm-hmm. in um, my life because it's kind of how I dealt with my emotions and my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, I write in my journal, just write my feelings, how I'm feeling for the day. I usually do it at the end of the week, or I'll do it, like, for the day. Mm-hmm. Basically, I'll write about what happened the day before, or I'll write about where my head is at at that moment, just to get my feelings out. Um, listen to some music, and uh, try to do a little workout. All right, sounds good, sounds good. It sounds uh, very, very familiar to me because I <laughs> kind of had the same type of flow. So I would like to know one thing, um, or it could be open. Let's just make it open. Uh, I hate one thing, two things, three things. That makes it complicated in the head. So if you wanted people to hear one thing from you or to get one thing from you from this interview, what would it be? Always live your truth. Mm-hmm. Always live your truth. And if you have that gut feeling, you go with that gut feeling. And we speak a lot about legacy, right, right. Um, on Black Trans TV and, and on my own platform. Right. What do you want people to remember about Jaheed Hines? I want people to know that I'm a natural-born giver. You know, if you need anything, uh, whether it's advice or even a hug, you know, I, I got you with that. Um, I'm, a, I'm a real helper. Mm-hmm. So if you need help with anything, you know, that I would say that's, that's kind of where, where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And is there anything that you want to share with the people? And you can feel you feel free to go on in terms of like your process in terms of utilizing hormones or surgery or finding resources. And just feel free to just tell us anything else that you'd like to add to your project. Yeah. Okay, so I could say this: every week that I inject my hormone, mm-hmm. it's like a it's like a boost of energy. It's kind of like drinking a Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. I can say that because um, I'm living in my truth and you know needles don't really bother me anymore so it's not even about the pain like uh, I just think in my head like where am I going to be next year at this time or two years from now um like is my my mind going to change about how I view myself the longer that I'm on the hormones um so that's that's something that I can go on uh also Uh, as far as surgeries, I am uh, starting the process to get top surgery. So that's um, another thing that's, I know that's a whole other ball field. Like some trans men, they run into a lot of issues with it. Some get it easy. So I'm hoping that it's an easy process for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope it's an easy process for you as well because I, I do know that everything we desire is what we deserve, right? right. So when you put uh, that intention out there and you do the work to get in, you said navigating with Cal and Lord, they're going to help right. you move through that process and it's going to be smooth. Right. Um, I definitely just want to say thank you for existing. Um, but I would like to finish off with 
I'm going to go back to numbers because I really like the numbers thing. Uh, <laughs> list five things that you love about yourself. Five things I love about myself. I love my confidence mm-hmm. and I love my drive. You know, I'm very motivated. I'm a very motivated uh, person. Uh, what was that? Two? Three? Um, I love that I'm a natural born giver, like I was stating to you before. Mm-hmm. And um, also, last thing, um, I'm family, family oriented. You know, my family means a lot to me. So, those are five things that I love about myself. Okay. And. I'm just gonna throw out some random questions for you because I I wanna I want people to be left with these like buzz buzz <laughs> things of Jahi. Right, um, right, right. Tell me about a time when when you felt most seen, and then we're gonna follow up that with tell me about a time when you felt most loved. Most seen. When you say most seen, what do you mean? So, to me, seeing is an act of. Diving into one's soul, you know, it's beyond the surface, beyond the physical, right? So, right. has there been a time when you felt most seen? This can be a person who says, I see you before you saw you. You know, this can be um, a moment where you you felt you felt whole, you know. It, it right. doesn't have to be uh, from another person. It can be from you as well. So, just tell me, like, you know, describe, like, how it felt, what it looked like when it happened and things of that nature when you felt most seen. Okay. Yeah. Um, can I mean two? Yeah, go for it. Take all your right. time. This so, is all you. All right. So the first one I'm going to list for myself um, is when I saw my first chin here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw my first chin here, and that, that made me, like, feel whole, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm like, all right, I'm starting to see who I am mm-hmm. and who I've been fighting all these years for. And um, from another person is when I first uh, came out to my uncle. And from there, he got my pronouns right. He got my name right. He didn't slip up at all, and he's still not slipping up. So that's another uh, time that I felt seen and whole. Okay. And then, you know, loved. When when was the time when you felt most loved? Was it the moment when your mom said... I see you, like, I get it, right. the light went on, you know, <laughs> right. is that the moment, or right. was there another moment, or a few moments where you felt most loved, either by someone else or yourself? Right, uh, from someone else, I can go back to yeah, my mom, yeah, same with you. Uh, every time she hugs me, I feel loved, mm-hmm. you know, nothing like a mom's hug, nothing like it, yeah. and um, for myself, I can say just taking care of myself, because there was a... Uh, this is my goal for 2020 is to take care of myself uh, spiritually, mentally, and physically. Mm. So every time I go to church, mm. um, I feel like that's me loving myself. Mm. Uh, when I go to therapy, that's me loving myself because only I'm going to take these steps to better myself as the best person I can be. Mm. And then when I you know, work out, that's another way of loving myself, I feel. Okay. And... Um Let's see, is there anything else left that you'd like to share? Anything that you want to throw out there, put in this capsule to be held <laughs> for all the time? Right, right. Because this is, this is what people are going to get when they, when they think about Jaheed Hines, you know, right. when they tune in. This is what they're going to get from you. So is there anything that you want to just throw out there and let people know? It, it, it could be anything. It could be like, hey, listen, you can go in Brooklyn and go get X, Y, and Z, and they're going <laughs> to love you no matter what you look like, no matter what you dress like. Or, you know, I remember that time when I did, you know, just tell us anything that you like to share. Right. Um, put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. There's no, there's no um, rush. You can, 
we can sit in silence and think about <laughs> it together. <laughs> um, what is something that, wow. This is really hard. This is really hard to think of. Um, something that I want somebody to know is Brooklyn is the best borough in New York City. And why is Brooklyn the best borough <laughs> in New York City? Are you just saying that because you're a Brooklynite? That's that's one reason. That's <laughs> one reason. But look at all of what we have. We got Biggie. Well, we had Biggie. You know okay, what I'm saying? Okay. So yeah, we we the best borough, best food, all of that. All of that. And what is your favorite food? And where do you find your favorite food? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we gotta go with the chopped cheese. We gotta go with the chopped cheese on a cheat day. Okay, yeah, okay. I, I actually from... haven't had one of those. Really? No, never. Really? Never. It's delicious. So I guess I haven't done Brooklyn right. No, no. you haven't. <laughs> it's still time. It's still yeah, time. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, um, I want to say thank you so much for your time, for sharing your story, and Not for sharing every aspect possible of yourself. Not a problem. And um, I really think that this interview is going to help a lot of young Jahids out there <laughs> living in Brooklyn, navigating right. through New York City, um, find hope right. and um, peace and, and understand what freedom sounds like. Because I right. think sometimes we know what freedom looks like. Right. And oftentimes we focus too much on the physicality of this, this journey and the experience. Right. But I think hearing your story and, and feeling you through your words right. is uh, a, a monumental moment. So thank you so much. Not a problem. And Not your problem. name again is Jaheed Hines? Jaheed Andre Hines. Oh, okay. Now we get the full <laughs> name. You've opened up to us. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much.